right, welcome, welcome again to another WTF interview episode. We have myself, Royce Brialis, and also Dr. Raheem Young, my co-host. How you doing, brother? What's going on? Also, we have uh, Alan Terry, also as our guest. How you doing, man? Everything's going well. What about yourself? Man, it's going great, man. It's going great. Happy Valentine's Day to your brother. <laughs> if I can say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really celebrate it, but uh, maybe that's better for me and my wife. I ain't got to buy as many gifts. Right, right. <laughs> so tell us about, about your fatherhood journey, man. How many kids you got, man? What are their uh, ages? Um, As far as my fatherhood journey as of now with the children, I have a... My I have three children, one on the way. Um, my oldest, my son, he is 11. I have my daughter, who is my son, Eli, well, my son, Eliu, my daughter, Rivka, and she is six. And then my youngest son, Zachariah, is three. And then I have, we have one more on the way. One more boy is coming. All right, cool. So what what has been like one of your biggest challenges in fatherhood so far? Well, the biggest challenge as far as like fatherhood isn't isn't necessarily being a father because if we look at just the definition of just let's say a father, a father just means that you're the, the male progenitor of a child, right? So that's mm -hmm. a father. Anybody can be a father. I know that some women, and so not just women, but some people try to belittle certain men like you're not a father, you're a baby daddy. No, nah, if you are a progenitor of a child, a male progenitor of a child, you're a father. Now, when it comes to the household, because I think that's what you're most of talking about, like actually the rearing the children. When it comes to like rearing the children, um, the hardest thing with that is getting over yourself. And it, it's not just the rearing of children, but it's also uh, dealing with your marriage, trying to get over yourself and what you want, because uh, marriages are even the way that we may treat children. It can fall because of how we want things to be and, and our desires, not necessarily what we need, but just the way that we want it, because innately, let's, you know, people are selfish and trying to get over just the general selfish nature of of all of us that's that's probably the biggest thing trying to let go you know when your children don't think like you when your children don't do things like you think they should be done or even when your spouse when they don't do things the way you think they need to be done you 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 can get start getting angry and start getting frustrated but at some point you got to be able to let it go and and humble yourself and just let let what you always desire go you don't stop trying to be the best person you can be but you do have to kind of let certain things go because uh as men you know as you get older you you get frustrated you start feeling things tightening up in your chest and sooner or later by the time you're 45 you have a heart attack because you you're trying to hold on to all these things you want everything got to be your way and oh, it's wrong and you're, you're getting frustrated with things, getting frustrated with life till there's an effect on your social well-being, your mental well-being, your spiritual well-being, or even your physical well-being. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing of me, what I've learned in not just fatherhood, but in husbandry is really uh, everybody being uh, losing 
everybody starting to become more selfless and less selfish. Yeah. Okay. So like, um, do you have an example of, of a time where you had to be like, you know, let me fall back and let this person um, do their own thing? Um, let's say, let's say with, with my, with my children, right? Let's say, let's say you were a good athlete. Mm-hmm. Or let's say you were a decent athlete or whatever. Or let's say you put stock into doing your push-ups and going jogging. Let's say your, your child just likes to draw. They're, let's say your child just likes to draw. They're not as competitive as you are. Your okay. selfishness wants your child to be competitive and be, you know, this this certain kind of way as a male or even a female or whatever. But that child may not be like that because of what you want. You may be putting your wants, your selfish desires on that child, but you learn to be more selfless. And when you just let that child grow and try to nurture whatever it is that that child or that person wants to do, let's say like, your, let's say even in the spouse, let's say your spouse wants to go for a master's. Now, anybody who's busy in their lives with especially multiple children, jobs, different things they're trying to get off the ground. All of us know that time is, is um, time is, is hard to come, come past. Yeah. Extra time is, is hard to get. When people aren't busy, they think everybody else aren't busy. But for the ones who are working, you know, time is, is very, very precious. So in that, let's say somebody's wife or somebody's husband says, I want us to go back to school. Well, in a household that's already strapped for time, are you going to become selfish? Like, no, nah, you need to, we can't have you doing that right now. Or are you going to be selfless and say, all right, let's see what I can do to support that. Mm, okay. You know, cause you, you, in a, in a household that, that was, was running like a business, you know, there's a, there's a business to the family, a business. You got to have people on deck at all times handling their, their jobs. And if something, if the business takes on another responsibility, yeah, that's going to, that's going to take up bandwidth and that's going to take up resources but are you going to be selfless enough to let what you want go? Or again, are you going to be selfish and, and restrict a person from possibly doing something that may help the entire family because of your, your selfish desires at that moment? Yeah. So, yeah. So there's, there's, those are a few examples and those are general examples. I can get, I can give you specifics in my household, like, uh, but those are like general examples you where your children may not necessarily be just like you and, in your selfish desires, you want them to be a certain way, or even a husband or wife may want to try something, try business, try to learn something, and in your selfish desires for their time and whatever they currently contribute, because definitely if somebody has to do something else, what they're currently contributing will will suffer because there's only so many minutes in a day. Mm-hmm. In your selfish desires, are you going to try to keep them from doing that? Or are you going to try to support them? Yeah, so that was those my are... question um, in regards to uh, the children. Because you mentioned like building a, your, your family is a business. And your children are a big part of that in regards to the legacy you leave them when you, when you go and also what you teach them you know, while you're here. So how do you go about, you know, teaching them responsibility? 
you got you got a, a, a wide range of ages. The oldest is how old? My oldest is is eleven. Eleven. Then the youngest is uh like a baby. Yeah, three. Right. So how do you delegate that responsibility between the eleven, like between the children all together? Or what like what what plan do you guys have in place for that? Well, I, we put an importance, uh, big, big focus on education. So in our house, our house is not the cleanest. We have books everywhere. We, I'm talking like there are books everywhere. There's pianos, drum sets, guitars. There's, um, you know, computers, whether they're learning coding or uh, Photoshop or, you know, you have all these things in our house. And in, in all actuality, if you go to a workshop, our house mimics a workshop. It, it's a workshop is you very rarely do you see a work jo- a workshop, which is pristine. So our, our house is like a workshop. And, um, and in this workshop, what you're helping is, is to build people. Build, building people up. That's what you're building. You're building people up. When you're talking about a child and what you're teaching them, you're building a person up. So when you're building something, if you was going to build a bookshelf, if you'd have a bunch of mess after you built it, right? You would have wood shavings. You'd have a bunch of stuff somewhere everywhere. If you were uh, building a house, you'd have a, a bunch of mess after you got finished doing all the cutting and bringing in the concrete. You There'd be a bunch of mess. So in our house, there's yeah. typically a mess. We, but in what we teach them, we try to we try to make sure that we're rounded. Whether it be um, first the first and the first thing that we try to lay a foundation for them is a spiritual foundation, um, some spiritual structure, and that and what their responsibilities are um, before God, and what their responsibilities are before each other. You know, don't lie, steal, kill, commit adultery, things like that. Um, yeah. What are their responsibilities? to themselves, you know, keep yourself clean, be, you know, um, have a certain, uh, have things that you stand for, but all of that comes from the spiritual basis. Now, as far as like just household responsibilities and chores, uh, we, of course you tell them, they make, you make sure they clean their room. They learn how to, they learn, they got wash dishes. You teach them how to cook. You know, my, 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 uh, 11 year old, my eight, my uh, seven year old, they both have been starting to learn how to cook. You, you teach them things that they need to know to survive on their own. Um, but those, we, we just teach them in day-to-day activities. We just teach them. We make sure that they learn the things that they need to learn for school. We also try to make sure that we, they have enrichment um, as far as like the arts, because we feel that's important. We also feel like uh, physically, physically, you know, do some push-ups throughout the day. I might just tell them every now and then, go do 30 push-ups. Don't go through, do 40 squats. Um, most importantly, that spiritual background. We try to pray together. Uh, we, we read, we read the Bible together and we try, uh, me and my family, we try to follow what the book actually says. Cause I want my children to be thinkers, not people who just let people tell them stuff, but I want them to actually think. So in them learning how to think, which is the, which is the main thing that we as people have to be able to do, how to think correctly. So we try to teach them how to think. And even spiritually, when they read the Bible, we ask them the question, what do you see? What do you see other people doing? I'll, I'll throw an example out like um, the, let's, the Bible. Okay. So the Bible talks about the Sabbath day, the seventh day. 
I ask my children, okay, so help me make, show me how that makes sense. What is that? What is that talking about? Would they tell you it's talking about the seventh day of the week? Okay, so now they're thinking logically. And then if somebody else tells them, well, we're supposed to go to church on this day or some other day, logically, they're like, I've read this book and I know what it says. So they learn how to think. So in what you were saying, as far as like, what do we do to build and teach our children? We just really try to expose them to as much as possible and teach them how to think realistically about what they're looking at and not just trust what somebody else says how you read it read it and look up these things for yourself and make sure you know and don't just go off of what somebody says because they have a nice smile or they have a a pleasant voice or they they know words that sound intriguing don't don't get (laughs) caught up on that get make sure that you're able to research yourself and understand so what we again when you ask what do we do as far as uh, teaching responsibility or, or even teaching our children, first, we, we try to give them, expose them to as much as we can. We may not be able to take them to Italy. We may not be able to take them to uh, South Africa or, or Zimbabwe. But what we can do, we, we can have them read. We can have them sit down and start learning uh, the distance formula and math. We can sit down with them and have them start learning how to play the drums. We can sit down with them and have them start learning how to play the piano. Uh, we can sit down with them and most importantly, have them start learning what things, what, what they should stand for spiritually as a, as a man and a woman. You know, uh, we try to teach them those things and, and we just, we know that if we follow that, everything else will grow organically. But we just try to teach them the basics of what's right, what's wrong, and give them tools as far as what they can use in their lives, whether it be coding, woodworking, arts, anything. So we just try to expose them and give them as much as we can. And after that, it's up to them to use those tools in whatever way they see fit. I can't make them become an astrophysicist. I cannot make them become um, the greatest musician. I can't make my children do anything. What I can do is give them all the tools that I know of, whether it be plumbing, whether it be electrical, whether it be carpentry, whether it be um, concrete work. I've, I've done some, you know, started doing concrete work with my son so he can learn things like that. But I, I just we just try to expose our children to as much as we can and give them as many tools as we can as, mm-hmm. as humans, as men and women. So that way, as they grow and if Lord forbid something happens to us, we can go to our graves knowing I gave you everything I could for you to be a great individual. What you do with it is up to you. Okay. Okay. I like that, man. So um, like we've all known each other for, for a minute, for a long time. Um, And like, when I think back, you were probably one of the first people who I met that was like really into the, like the Hebrew uh, Israelite doctrine. So can you talk about that and like how you was, uh, well, you was into it before, like it was a popular thing, you know, can you talk about how you got connected with it and uh, how, how it's benefited your life? Well, the way I got connected with it and I want to make it anybody who's listening, please, please be very much aware that the what people call the Hebrew Israelite doctrine, it is no different than, well, I, I'd say the schisms. 
in the Hebrew Israelite doctrine is no different than what you'd see in any other religions. Because when you talk about the word, when you talk about whatever religion, you still got men and men are faulted. So with the, so, but with that, how did I get started? What happened is I grew up in the church of God in Christ, right? I grew up in the church of God in Christ. And that's a Sunday church, which is, you know, they, they go and um, they do the things where as uh, people may call it speaking in tongues and they, you know, have these emotional sermons and, and so forth and so on. So they, they'll do all that. And my uncles, I had, I had uh, my family members, they were actually musicians for various churches. So I got to go around and see how things worked at these churches, you know, the, the pastor would speak, they start playing the music, people would, uh, get into their emotions. Uh, and one day when I was younger, something happened. Uh, a pastor, he tried like every Sunday I would go, I, I wouldn't even, what they talked about was, it would be the same thing. It, it was more so of a motivational speech on Sundays. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily real understanding per what we are supposed to do before God. It was like motivational speeches almost. So what happened is one Sunday, the preacher tried to give a lesson per what the, what was meant, but per they were trying to teach something that was uh, that the Bible was talking about. And what he was trying to teach was about what was Noah's nakedness. And that was the only lesson I remember out of all of my years there and they and that was a lesson even though i as i got older i realized I, I can tell you where he was wrong at i can i can break that down now but what he tried to do was actually read what's there and that's what caught my attention from a young age somebody telling me like able to show me what is there not tell me what they think so fast forward i i go i go to school with uh I, we we're all in high school and we in high school when uh, we when Nas and all these these rappers are out who who are speaking somewhat consciously, and even before that you had our rappers and music, and we're into poetry and also into all these other things, and that's what we were doing. We were we were we would actually make songs. We 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 was like the the little art art crew, the little hip hop art crew. So, but that's just that's just something that was in us. Like we we just like we just we just saw the world a different way. So as we sitting there writing and, and, you know, our, what we thought people were saying was real on these records, we, we trying to find out what's real in life. So we're, we're writing and we're observing and we're going and we're having different experiences and we're hearing people speak about these different religions and these different uh, spiritual elements that they're finding, whether it be, e, whether it be uh, Egyptology or, or people speaking on uh, speak, people speaking on Islam or whether it's people speaking on Christianity. We, we're hearing all these things. So after, after school, we are, after high school, we all go our separate ways. People go to college, people go to community college, people go to college and fail out like me. I went to college the first time and failed out then, went back later on. Um, but during that, my first time in college, I went away to SIU. And my grandmother took me to I came back to I came back to Chicago for for a break. My grandmother took me to, I think it was um, Malcolm X College for it was a Black History. It was something for Black History. She brought me a book. I believe she brought me this book if I if I remember correctly. 
but the book was called the it was it was called the um African Origins of Modern Western Religions. Oh yeah, it, okay. And it was a book by by, by this guy by this uh, Dr. Ben Jokanan. Yeah. And I read this book. I started reading this book. And in this book, it was just talking about how everything went back to Africa. And then the book started speaking about how the original Jews, the Jew, he was, he was like, Israel is in Africa. It's not, he, he, he started explaining that in this book. And then he started speaking on the black Jews. And he was like, if any, and this book was written in like 1970 or 1980. And in the book, I remember distinctly, he said, if any time, the time is now that the black Jews make themselves known. And I'm like, huh? That, and, and, he, and I keep reading, he's talking about these Bantu-speaking tribes, which have, have, have shown that they are of Jewish descent. He, speak, he was speaking about these people in Africa who, clearly, who can clearly show their Jewish, their, their Israelite ancestry. And and that that spoke that said something to me. I'm like, hold up, you got these black people? Because all I know is is um, Jews who are of Caucasian complexion who have these Caucasian features. But the book was speaking on how these people were the original people in the land of Israel were black, and I believe it. He made a, and so I, that's when I, I first I first saw that. I'm like, hold up, he he's making this connection between black people and the original Israelites. Now, for us who are over here in America, it's like, we don't know our history. We, our history starts in Mississippi or Arkansas or Carolina. We, we don't know any, any of our history. So yeah. for the first time I'm seeing, hold up, black people are connected to the original Israelites. And what the book said made, started to make even more sense as I'm, I'm researching. And as I'm researching, I see where as, as I'm researching and I'm reading this book, I prayed and I was like, God, Allah, Yahweh, whatever your name is, please show me who you are. Please, I, I prayed. And this is what I found from a lot of other people who, who started dealing with, um, who start, really started dealing with the Bible in some sort of truth. They actually prayed. So I prayed and a, a young, a person who I knew who I hadn't been in touch with, I think for maybe like a year, they called me. I'm like, what's going on? A, a, a young lady I knew, she called me and she was down and out and we were just, we were friends, we were just talking. And I was like, I asked her to, she, she was a Hebrew Israelite. Her father was a Hebrew, uh, or, or rather, we'd rather just say, uh, Israelite is a, is, a, is a bloodline, but we are, we are Christians, but we are Christians yeah. who are Israelites, but nonetheless, her father had been involved with it from like the, the eighties or something. She grew up, you know, keeping the Sabbath day. She grew up not eating pork. She grew up like this. And, and so I asked her, I said, can you break down what is going on in revelation? And I asked her because my father, he broke down some things, but then I asked her and she like broke down the serpent, the dragon and it, and the way she, the, what she gave me, had facts and you could see what what she was talking about it wasn't just her giving uh interpretation it was like no this means this and we know it because you can go here in the bible and you if you go and you look at just the definition of of a b and c you see this is what they're talking about and she she broke all of this down mm -hmm. and and 
I'm I'm somebody who's who's always up for a debate, but I could not debate her <laughs> in what she said yeah. because she was speaking according to the here. You you got a problem with what I'm saying? No, it's written here. And I could not debate what she was saying. And then I started off uh coming to this church that was on the south side of Chicago called the Israel of God. And the teacher there is Brother Bowie. And he's he's a great teacher. He, his church is actually now in, I think his church is now in, um, he, he actually moved to church, but he has, he has, I believe he has the biggest Israelite, what we, we call Christian Israelites, but um, he has the biggest Israelite church in, I believe, the nation, um, the the Israel of God. And, um, and I started learning. And okay. there was another church in, there was another church of a brother who came out of the Israel of God in, um, it's in, uh, uh, who was on the West side of Chicago. And I was living on the West side of Chicago and I started going to going there and his name is brother Daniel. So I started going and learning under brother Daniel and everything that they were saying was according to the word of God. It was according to what was written. It wasn't, a bunch of emotional uh, it wasn't a, a bunch of emotional tangents that sometimes people can get involved in but it was it was just what was written and the brother was teaching like concerning how to be a man how you're supposed to walk before god how you're supposed to walk with each other as as people in this earth what you're supposed to represent and it was all according to the word of god like it was it was it was spiritual structure and and that's then I've been dealing with it ever since, whether throughout any hardships, uh, throughout any throughout the things that you may go through, because you're going to have you're going to have things that you go through in your life. But as you hold on to the word of God, you can get through it and you ask what difference has it made? Well, yeah, before dealing with the word of God and trying to structure myself according to what I can read, you know, you, you can you start to you can go in any direction with your decisions. You don't really have any rain on your decisions. Like you try to get with you as a man, you you may try to get with whatever women you can. As a man, you may try to drink all the drink you can drink. As a man, you may try to uh, smoke all the smoke you can smoke. Yeah. You know, as a man, you you may whatever you gonna try to get all the money you can get. As a man, you you may not necessarily have any restraints. But once you start dealing with the Word of God according to what's actually written then you start to have, you, you can see what things you have to restrain yourself from. And the word of God tells you, man, you got a battle inside of you. It's, it lets you know that, that you really have things that you have to fight. And it tells you there's things that God requires. Like I said, something simple as the Sabbath day. Uh, a, thinking, a thinking being would say this, you know, I can read, you know, not, not to put anybody down, but um, we've I know that for so long we've been indoctrinated with what other people say, but if we were going to deal with the Bible and the Word of God, um, they teach things logically, and and learning to think logically has helped me be a better man. And, and I'll give an example of teaching something logical. I, I go back to the Sabbath day because it's like the simplest thing that you can look at that's logical that people don't deal with when it comes to like the Bible or the Word of God. The Sabbath day is in the beginning at Genesis one and two, the Sabbath day. If you go look at Jesus, he kept the Sabbath day. If you go look after Jesus gave his, gave the sacrifice of himself and went back to the sit on the right hand of the father 
if you look at the disciples after Jesus left, they kept the Sabbath day. So if we're going to be followers of Jesus and followers of what he taught and followers of the things that the Bible shows, why would we not keep the Sabbath day? And as you start keeping the Sabbath day, you start learning more about God. You start learning more about what we're supposed to be because in all actuality, we are supposed to become like God. So you start learning how to control yourself as a man. You start learning what people to associate yourself with. Your wife starts learning her position in the family. You start learning your position in the family. Your children start learning their position. You know, it astounds me how my son um, teaching him the word of God, his, his behavior towards me. It, it, sometimes he's just like, okay, dad, uh, I'll ask him to do something. Hey, go take out the garbage and then clean your room. Da, da, da. And he says, okay, dad. Yep. Honor thy father and thy mother. Cause <laughs> even though he may be ticked off, even though he may not want to do it, he's still remembering. All right, I got to honor you. Let me go and do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it teaches the family. It teaches the structure as far as what to be as a man because it tells you about the man that the man got to work by the sweat of his brows, provide for his family. It tells you about the man that uh, it tells you about the man as far as he got to, he got to walk in righteousness. It tells you about the man as far as even with the man working a righteous man, put it up in inheritance for his children's children. It, te- it shows you what you're supposed to be working for as a man. It don't tell you that you're supposed to have, be able to buy all the Mercedes Benzes you can buy. It don't say that you're supposed to be able to buy, the uh the all the buildings you can buy but it tells you that you are supposed to work you are supposed to try to uh be uh be friendly with your neighbor it tells you it also tells you um when to stay away from things which is which helps you understand when you don't when, where you don't get involved in or what things you stay away from like when somebody come talking certain things you can, you can shut it down because you know what you stand for and if you don't stand if you don't stand for a certain thing you're not going to involve yourself with it so it, it teaches you what, you, so in, in dealing with the word of God as a synopsis, you asked me how I got involved with it. It started from earlier on in life. Later on, I, I started reading and learning some things and I prayed and asked God to show me more of who, of what he really desires and who he is. And then I started actually, I met somebody because the Lord works through people. He wouldn't have all these people here if they weren't, if they were for no use. The yeah. Lord works through people. He sent somebody and somebody showed me, hey, look in this book and this is what it says. They showed me what things the book says. And since then, I've been going with what the book says. And that's in, in dealing with uh, Hebrews, I want to make it clear that just like in any religious sex, you're going to have people who have their own agendas. And there's some wild people who claim Israelite, <laughs> you know, out there. And Wait. there are some people, there are some just like, you know, there are, and there are some people who just deal with the book according to what's written. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to where I go to this class called the House of Jacob, um, where they just deal with the book according to what's written. They don't deal with the book. They don't, they don't try to throw, we don't try to throw our own, uh, spin on things like I've I'm one of the teachers of the Lord allowed me to become one of the teachers there so I teach Wednesday night Bible study um, and I also help with with different things at the class but we don't teach we don't come off our own out of our own imaginations on what the word of God means we deal with what's there if somebody asks, let's say somebody asks us about I'll give a, a example um, a sister 
a sister asked us about um she asked us about tattoos and about dyeing her hair mm-hmm. per the word of god i can't find nothing about dyeing your hair if you want to dye your hair dye your hair per the word of god i can find some things on tattoos so if you had tattoos before you start trying to serve the lord hey, it is what it is but after that what's the purpose of it uh i'll give another example a sister asked us about certain things let's say um certain things in a bedroom between her and her husband mm-hmm. the word of god tells you that the bed is undefiled in marriage yeah. so i told her shoot if you and your husband want to dress up in gorilla costumes <laughs> and hang from the ceiling fan that's between y'all that ain't got nothing to do with me you mm-hmm. know but i i will say i feel sorry for the ceiling fan <laughs> okay but uh but yeah but we deal with the word of god because it it, it provides the basis the spiritual basis for what we are supposed to be as men it provides a spiritual and mental structure of what we're supposed to be as men and if we can start dealing with the spiritual and mental structure of what we're supposed to be as men then our women can start dealing with the spiritual and mental structure of what they're supposed to be as women and then it's going to trickle down to the children and once we start building that structure we're going to have strong families and we'll and i i love to see that we can have strong families and then we can also have uh you know, strong communities, but in, as a synopsis, that's, that's pretty much how it happened. I asked, and then the Lord just started showing me, this is what is actually, this is what my word says. Now follow that. And it's not always easy because of some things that it says there that, that, um, that may not necessarily be socially acceptable, yeah. you know, like to say that your, to say that your wife is the weaker vessel. Some women get up in arms about that. You know, I got my PhD and what you mean? I'm the weaker vessel. The Lord said you're the weaker vessel. <laughs> You know, nonetheless, I still got to you. I still got to honor you as the weaker vessel and and I got to deal with you. And even in my things, you got to deal with me. And all that's saying is as the weaker vessel is that when it come down to it, the man has the final word in the structure of the household, in the family structure. Hey, Alan. So let me let me ask you that. I want you to go into that further. So what in your perspective is the role of the man, the role of the woman and the role of the child? The role of the man, what we have is the man is he's the, he gives the final, he gives the final word. He has to make the final decision. The woman is the help me who's there to help. And she's going to give good counsel without a doubt. You ask counsel of your woman and y'all come together and and make decisions. Ultimately though, it's going to be you who says, yeah, or nay. Mm-hmm. you all definitely consort. And you, you definitely uh, have counsel, hold consultation with each other. It ain't, you know, in, with some of these, some of these people who, who say they're Hebrew Israelites, they like, uh, you know, my woman can't say nothing. No, that ain't what the book say. You know, it, it does say that the woman is the weaker vessel, so forth and so on. But it says give honor unto the wife as a weaker vessel. So you still got to honor her. You still, it tells you how a, a wise woman buildeth up her house. So if you're dealing with a wise woman, you better listen because she going to help build up your house. Yeah. You know, but ultimately... It's it's like it's like the CE it's like the CEO, regardless of what the employees the CEO may have a, a co chair or a co CEO there, but if everything goes wrong, who is the blame on? CEO, the CEO. <laughs> it's not on the the full blame is not on the device CEO. The full blame is not on that person, and that's the role of the uh, when you talk about the man and the woman. Yeah, they they running things together. But ultimately, the last choice and the the result to bear whether things go right or wrong is on the man. 
Now, as far as the children, they're the ones who are learning to actually become men and women of their own households. So their their role is support and also to make sure that they become that they uh become the best individuals that they can become because it's it's not just them being children because they're not going to be children forever. The goal is that they become well-rounded individuals so that way when they step away from mother and father, they can help build the community, well, build their families and in return build the community correctly. So that's that's the role. The role is that you're on a team. The you have the uh, or, or if you want to look at it as a company, you're part of a company. In the company, your role is a CEO, which means you need to know what's going on in the company. You can't be no uh, uh, a CEO with no experience. You can't be a CEO who doesn't know how the what what operations need to be performed. Your wife is going to be a counselor and your helper in those things. She's going to be the one who you can speak to, who should give you good counsel, but ultimately you got to use your information that you've researched to, to say whether or not you're going to go with that counsel. Then yeah. your children are the ones who are learning and they're, they're, they're developing in themselves. So it's not even necessarily that they're workers in the company. They're actually, they're actually like in development. To, to start taking over and, 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 and having their own company and performing their own works. So that's everybody's role. And even if you want to look at it from, let's say, a, a team, if you want to look at it on, from a basketball team, you have the head coach and the assistant coach. So mm-hmm. the, the male would be the head coach. The wife would be the assistant coach. Does the head coach listen to the assistant coach? Absolutely. They wouldn't be the assistant coach if the head coach didn't listen. Yeah. And then you have your children, which which may be you trying to prepare them. You actually, your children are, aren't even really in the game. You're trying to prepare them for the game. You're trying to get them to understand what they have to do before they uh, get in the game. So that's that's how I that's how uh, according to the word of God, I've I've started to understand the family structure. Uh, it's not just a domineering uh, position ship as a as the male. In the or as the husband, I should say, it's not just uh, you. You're not just some tyrannical fascist as a male in, in the household. <laughs> yeah. You're you're part of a team, and you have to realize that the the success or failure of your team it it will be you will be looked at as as the one who who either messed it up or or, or didn't. I mean, and that's that's even in nature. That's why let's look at a woman can get on a food on a, on a, a, a woman. She can get housing assistance if she needs to, mm. she can get, um, she can get link if she needs to a lot easier than a male can. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Why? Yeah. Because even in nature, the, the woman ain't we people in nature ain't looking at the woman to blame. It's the male. It's the men and our men got to get right. Once our men are right, then our community will be a lot better. It's the men. It's not necessarily the women. We, we of course, we got to be more careful what kind of women we choose, but we got to be on point. And that's why, you know, with the structure of the family, yes, the man is the head. The woman is the, is the, is the help me. She's the assist. She's the, the, she's the assistant head. And then the children, they are, they are the subjugates basically you they gotta they going they're going through their time of servitude as they learn how to be leaders okay cool all 
so um uh, Royce, did you have any any questions? I just have one more question, man. Um in relation to um you mentioned about, you know, how how the how your structure is now, but um think back to like when you were when you were a kid, like uh what did you take away from your parents? in relation to how they built their structure and, and what did you take away from uh, how you were raised growing up? The, the biggest influence for me was my father. I would see him, my father worked at the post office and he worked nights, right? So I would, and I would wake up, I would wake up at like four or five in the morning because I knew I, I don't, he, he would be home around that time when it'd still be dark. So when they when my parents were still together, my parents ended up getting divorced later, but that's that's uh, another story. But nonetheless, I wake up at like four or five in the morning and I go downstairs and I'd see him studying. He was going to Triton College. He was studying to to get an associates he was studying he was studying for for some sort of certificate uh, i think it was his associates but he was studying after working he would leave for work at 5 p.m he'd be back home maybe around like three four in the morning and then i would see him studying for school you see what i'm saying like after working all them out i would see him studying for school and not only that would I see him studying for school at another time, I would see him, um, I, I, he, would go to, he would go to a second job. So I would see him work. I would see him go to work, come home, study, get a couple hours of sleep, and then go drive a, a, a pace bus. Sure. So just seeing that work ethic, seeing somebody work like that, it lets you, it puts something in you of what, what you got to do, what you can, Hey, this is part of being a man. Yeah. My dad had, had nice cars. He had nice cars. He, from when I was younger, I remember him driving nice. He Maseratis and BMWs. And I remember him driving nice, but to see the work that went on behind it, I would see him wearing nice suits. I see him with nice jewelry. When we wanted something, I didn't ask for a lot, but I knew that he could, he could give it, but, I saw him working mm-hmm. and that was, but and the thing that stuck with me I, is not just his work, but when I would see him studying and that's what's, that's what, um, that's, that's what stuck with me. And in fact, that goes with what the scripture says, raise up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's older, he won't depart from it. They raised me up. I may not have focused on school, but I saw what it should be. And when you raising somebody, the your biggest example is what you do yeah. you know and and what i saw him do is what what plays such a big part and even even how i am now um like i said our, our house is full of books i'm i'm still studying i went to school um went to school for engineering my wife is an engineer um i'm uh, i got i ended up getting my my license my professional engineering license and now i'm working on something else um but seeing seeing that example from my parents that that was the biggest thing and even seeing how my dad did after unfortunately my mother and father got divorced my father yeah he he was hurt for a little while but i saw him go and work and rebuild he didn't he didn't ask he didn't ask my mother he didn't he didn't try to he didn't try to do 
be spiteful against my mother. Nothing. He he let he let her have the house. He let my mother have the car he had bought. He just said, "Don't put me on child support." <laughs> <laughs> that's a big one right there <laughs> yeah but he but he he left it all behind and he went and start over my dad was maybe 40 and went back and lived in a room in a bedroom that he grew up in and helped his parents out and stayed there and saved up his money until he bought him another another place you see what I'm saying yeah. to see a man do that to see a man like not worried, not let a, a woman break them because, oh man, uh, we, we can get caught up on a woman and a woman can break a man, but not let that be the norm. You got to be a man who's able to stand on his own and, and we can't be in a position where we letting these women, especially some foul women out here. You got foul out here too, but you got women out here and you on a vibe the backbone of our families is first spiritual, but then it starts with the man. That's the backbone. And if uh, if our men, not, we have a, uh, we got a, we actually got a few of them now. I got to put them up, man. We, I'm trying to, we, we trying to renovate our basement so that way, uh-huh. that way, hopefully. We can we can really start setting it back up, but yeah, we still got the uh, we still got some punching bags. <laughs> yeah, let me throw a couple uh, haymakers down there. We uh, came over there. Oh uh, yeah, in the dungeon <laughs> in the Rocky Gym. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Maybe I, I can get y'all over here because I'm, I'm definitely gonna need some help uh, breaking up this flow. I got to redo the plumbing. Me and my wife we bought a building on the west side, so. We uh we we gotta we got I know our plan is to break up the floor in the basement, redo the plumbing because this these these buildings are old, but redo the plumbing. Uh, we did we actually did that that operation once in my dad's house. We did that last year. We broke up his floor in his basement. Um, redid the old plumbing, got everything working well, and uh. And and then re re poured the concrete. So we're gonna be doing that in our basement over here as well. But maybe I get y'all over here because I'm gonna need some. I'm getting older. I'm gonna need some brothers to help me. <laughs> nah, you ain't getting older, brother. You're getting better. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely down for that, though, man. I'm definitely down yeah, to learn how to do all that stuff. Hey, bro, you you ain't said nothing but a word. Don't trip, cause I'm call. I call people for work. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. All right, not a problem. All right, bro, we gonna um, we gonna get ready to wrap it up, man. That was a great interview. Um, could you let everybody know like uh, where they can contact you if they want to get in contact? Yeah, um, you can contact me, Alan W. Curry. Uh, on Facebook, you can contact me, Alan W. Curry, at LinkedIn. Um, you can also contact me via uh, via well, I, I, yeah, Alan W. Curry at uh, at Facebook, Alan W. Curry at LinkedIn. I believe you can also follow me on Instagram, Alan W. Curry. On Instagram, I have to check. I, I have to check on that one. But yeah, Alan W. If you type in Alan W. Curry, you you'll find me uh, somewhere. And and then you can also find me at the House of Jacob, uh, thehouseofjacob.org, 
on Wednesday night question and answers. Uh, you can find that comes on every Wednesday night online at seven seven thirty p.m. Um, you can also check me out on the Biblical Resolutions podcast. Uh, you can find that also on the House of Jacob org. Uh, the Biblical Resolutions podcast is also on iTunes and it's on Podbean, P O D B E A N dot com. So this, those are the places that you can find me at. Cool, cool. Hey, everybody, check out Dr. Ben. Uh, he be dropping hell of five bombs. He got like 20-something books. So check out Dr. Ben. Thanks for that shout-out, too, on, uh, on Dr. Ben. Uh, yeah, Ben, Joker 9, yes, yeah. sir. Yep. All right, so praise God in Jesus' name. Thank y'all for having me, bro. Yes, sir. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for coming, man. man. We appreciate you. Yes, sir. No problem. Gonna wrap it. Thanks again for listening. WTF interview. Be well. You already are. Peace. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening to WTF interviews. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us via our website, wtfatherhood.org. Also, our Facebook page and our Facebook group will be listed in the description below as well. Uh, I ask you to leave a a review as it helps more people receive the message. And uh, again, until next time, be well. You already are.